You're listening to the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. This is episode 21. Are you a lady boss making 50 to 100,000 in your business and you're ready to break through that six-figure barrier? Have you done a great job of creating a nice life as the ultimate gig master but know your inner CEO is calling you to greater heights? You're in the right place if you want to create and implement solid fundamentals in your business without sacrificing fun. I'm Pam Ivy. I'm certified in small business management and I concentrate in the areas of training and certifying real estate assistants coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs in online business, marketing, growth, and profit acceleration. And I take men and women business owners aged 40 plus to bucket list destinations around the world for a month at a time to work, explore, and live in community. And I'm Jane Gary, known as the sales strategist for the non-sales person. And I work with business owners who want to increase their conversion rate, shorten their sales cycle, and have more impact and influence with the work they do, all while having more fun with selling. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're dedicating the show to all things content. And one thing I realized a long time ago is that most successful people I know online create a lot of content, and not just any content, engaging, thoughtful, and sometimes even polarizing content, and content that's full of their personality and that's on brand. So we're going to talk about things like how to get ideas for your content, how to quickly create content, how to monetize it, how to repurpose it, and Jane has some copywriting tricks for you. And Also, we're going to really explore how to get engagement with your copy. So we know that content can really be daunting for many of you. So we hope this episode will be one that you can really sink your teeth into. First off, let's start with why create content. And really, content is the way we, quote unquote, get out there and be seen. It's a super important piece of the visibility puzzle. And as business owners, it's really imperative that we create content to push our business forward. Yeah, so today we want to talk a little bit about, number one, how to get ideas for creating content. Number two, how to quickly and easily create the content. Number three, how to repurpose content, or in other words, how to not drive yourself crazy and get content fatigue. And then number four, how to monetize content. So I think let's just jump right in and talk about how to get ideas. I have the best (laughs) kind of process that I go through to get content. So do share, do share. share. This is kind of exciting. I learned it from somebody else. And honestly, I can't remember who off the top of my head right now, but get a piece of paper out. (laughs) I get excited about it (laughs) and put your overall topic. What is your quote unquote arena what is, you know, the main thing that you focus on in your business? So list all of those areas that you focus on in your business that you're known for in your business. And then what do you do for people? And like, what do you sell? What do people buy from you? So list all of those. And then list all of your different audiences. Who are you serving? You take 
a couple of minutes and really no more than a couple of minutes. And just off the top of your head, you write your arena again, the one that you're going to focus on right here at that on the piece of paper. And then it could be split into all kinds of categories. So split them into categories. So if my arena is, say, marketing, then I can split it into list building, into branding and messaging, into affiliate marketing, into all kinds of subcategories, let's say, in our arena. So we do that. And then pick three of those subtopics, if you will, and really do a deep dive. If it's list building, what could we talk about under list building? Well, content creation is a great way. Social media. How about building your freebie or creating your freebie? Another thing we can add under list building, of course, is creating a lead magnet. So those are some things that you can do is pick three and then deep dive into those subcategories. And then what you do is have some starter ideas, just you know, the first sentence or just jot down some ideas. And then from all of those, what this person that I learned from called thin slices, all those, you know, one-liners, just start to write about it. And that's a great way to create content. You'll have a whole bunch of ideas from just doing that one little exercise. Was that clear, Jane? <laughs> Yeah, I, that, that's great. It's great. I mean, that's a really clear plan of how to map out content creation. So yeah, great tips in there. And yes, it was clear. Excellent. Because I get really excited about it. And then, you know, I think, did I make that <laughs> nice and clear? Yeah, it was clear. And I'm going to provide something that's a little less planned, kind of more organic. It's not, it's just a different tactic. So it's not a better tactic. It's you need both. So you need to plan, do everything that Pam said. And then also what you want to be attuned to is just what is going on around you. Mm. So content is everywhere. I mean, it, it is in the grocery store. It's in your workout routines. It's whatever you're doing for fun in the evenings or on the weekends. So the ability to create content, it, it's really, it's an unlimited supply if you are paying attention to what is going on around you. So let me give you something a little bit more specific than that, because that was, that was kind of esoteric. Number one, I love watching how people interact with their world, how they interact with each other, how they interact with activities, how they interact with situations. So you can always draw analogies simply by watching how other people are showing up and engaging with whatever is going on in front of them. One of my favorite blog posts that I personally wrote had to do with uh, how running a business is the same temperamentally as being a seasoned and, and good traveler. And by that, I mean, you don't have a meltdown. You don't take it out on other people and abuse them when things that happen that are beyond everyone's control happen also to you. So I wrote a whole analogy content piece. It was a blog on how being a good traveler was required the same skill and characteristic traits as being a good business owner. So I love making analogies. I love drawing to conclusions like that. So if that's something that's interesting to you and you tend to do it naturally, then you're going to have no shortage of opportunities to create content. So that would be one. The second thing, the second way to create content when you're kind of out and about is just how are you feeling? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? What are you experiencing? You would be surprised at the amount of people who are genuinely very interested in all of that. 
I know that this came as a surprise for me because I'd have all these thoughts and feelings and I, I, I'm a journaler, I'm a writer, you know, so I'd put them down for me, but I was getting encouraged by other people to share it on social media. And I thought, who's going to care how I was feeling when I was eating my waffles this morning? You know, I mean, it was just kind of, <laughs> it was kind of weird, but people love reading about that kind of stuff. And I guess it's just, we have a human connection. So I know I'm the same way, you know, there, there are some authors that they write monologues and memoirs or travel stories or whatever. And it's basically, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm thinking. And I love it. You know, they, they really do a great job of making me feel like I'm on the journey with them. And I think that is the human experience and the human connection that we're all craving is we just want to be on a journey with interesting people that are having an interesting time. So share, share that. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? We all have an inner wisdom. And when that gets unleashed, all of us become the richer for it. So that would be the second thing. And then the third thing is theme it up. I'm a big fan of theming everything up. So find ways that you can write content in, in groupings, if you will. So an example here would be about five years ago, after 19 years of living in South Florida, I moved back to Ohio for family reasons. And it was, I wrote a whole series of blogs on the road not taken or the road less traveled. Now, of course, that's a you know, famous poem, but that was the theme. And I ended up creating, I think it was either four or five separate blog posts because it was one thought that I just broke up into five different segments, what it was like to it kind of experience an upheaval living in South Florida for 19 years, moving to Cincinnati, Ohio. That's a big difference for a lot of reasons. That was one of them. What it felt like to, to move closer to family, what it felt like to move my business back up. So theming things up is a great way to really expand your content creation. That's, that's easy on your brain because you don't keep having to think of a new topic. It's just an expansion of one main topic. And I think that's really important, Jane, too, because I know when I first started business, all of my writing, all of my content used to be so business focused and quite dry, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just teaching, teaching, teaching. People want to engage with other people, not just, I mean, people want to learn too, of course, but you've got to do it in an entertaining and sometimes even polarizing way so that you encourage engagement with each other. Because the whole point of our content creation is to create relationships, to deepen those relationships, create community, followers, and build our list. Because I can't say it enough, you should be doing something every single day to build your list. And some people may be saying, every single day? I really mean it. <laughs> In order to really have a thriving business, you need a list of people that you can connect with, uh, build relationships, market to, and ultimately, you know, a percentage of those people you hope will buy from you. So it's really important to be continually putting out content, but not just for the exercise of putting out content. It's really build that engagement in those relationships. So don't forget to respond to people who leave a comment on your blog, on social media, that send you a note back in your email. And that's something I learned with email too, Jane, the more not personal as in I'm going to expose everything about myself, but the more human I was in my, my email messages really 
talking just like I would talk to you. You know, I'm going to have G-O-N-N-A and stuff. It really resonated with people. And when I finally got off that professional hat and got speaking like a human being in my communications with people, I got a ton of responses back. People just saying, oh my God, I so relate to that or telling me their story. So it's building relationships. So keep that in mind. It's not just, I'm an expert in this and I want you to know that. It's really deeply resonate with people. It, it really does. It's a strange kind of phenomenon, except that it's not. When you think about humans were designed and created to interact with each other and support each other and grow and learn from each other. And the more digital and technology driven we become as a society, the less that connection is happening, unfortunately, especially for, you know, Pam, you and I are both in our early 50s. So for people that are that are a good 20 years younger than us, it, it's, it's really becoming very prevalent. So not to get preachy, that's not the point of this. But I love what you said, Pam, because we're all looking for that connection. And in the world that we now live in, I guess the downside is you can't physically connect with everybody. But the plus side is you can digitally and virtually connect with everybody. Authenticity has become a buzzword over the past several years. So it's it's kind of cliche at this point. You know, be authentic, show your authenticity or transparency. That's the other one. But they exist because they are so powerful. And you're you're so right, Pam. This isn't about airing your dirty laundry so that it's going to embarrass other people or incriminate other people that are in your life. You know, one of the jokes is always don't tell a writer everything because you're going to see it in print someday. And I jokingly tell my friends that like, are you sure you want to share this story with me? Because I can change some minor <laughs> details in your name, but this is great stuff. You know, I just want to share it. So it's not about airing your dirty laundry or getting other people uncomfortable or uh, upset with you. It is about showing that there is a human side. You know, we were talking in a previous episode about a blog that I wrote that talked about what I've termed the gloss and the grit of living as a traveler. And there's a lot of it that's very glossy. But I specifically wrote that post because I didn't want people to think that it was all a picnic and that I was jet setting around with my designer luggage and never having a bad day in my life because the cabana boy was following me taking care of all my needs. And I was, you know, stress free and shopping all the time. So I wanted to make sure that people really understood that every, every lifestyle, every person, they have struggles, and they have challenges. And, and I, I really bared my heart in that. And I got such incredible support back and people thanking me for just keeping it real. And so that's what we're really talking about. Keep it, keep it real. Don't make it embarrassing. Don't stress yourself out if it feels like I don't want to or need to share that. We're not talking about that. But we are talking about get, giving people a glimpse into your whole life and who you are as a whole person, because that's really what they're going to connect with. It's not what you do. It's who you are. Absolutely. Let your personality shine through. And, you know, we're talking about content and we're talking a lot about written content, but it doesn't have to be that. So you, if you're comfortable on video, create videos. If you're comfortable just speaking, you could create slideshows or just audio, period. Or how about this, a podcast? And, you know, that leads me into the next point about content that's so vital is consistency. And that's something Jane and I have managed to create with the podcast. Every single week, every Wednesday, we release another episode. So we're keeping extremely consistent with our content. 
And it's so cool because I really struggle with doing something like a newsletter or, you know, some usual thing like that. I really struggle with that. So talking, you know, I'm a chatty Kathy, as my mother says, (laughs) is no issue. So keeping it consistent so that people don't forget about you is another really important point. Yeah, that's a great point. It isn't about writing. It's a, it, what you, you mentioned consistency, Pam, and consistency brings effectiveness. And what's effective is what gets done. And we know what gets done is what people are actually willing and kind of excited to do. So if you absolutely loathe writing, then don't, don't create content emails or blogs. Get on and do videos. If you cannot stand the thought of being on camera, then guess what? Go to writing. You can find what works for you, but the key is to be consistent with it because people are going to come to expect it. And two things happen when you're inconsistent. And by the way, I have to preach to the choir on this one because I am notorious for being inconsistent. I've gotten much, much better, especially with uh, the new team that I hired. But what happens when you're inconsistent is number one, Pam, as you mentioned, people forget about you. You don't want to do that. That's not good for your business. But the other thing that happens, and this one's a little more insidious, is people start to not trust you. Hmm. They can't figure out what is going on. So you show up on a random Thursday in May and you write this great blog and they're loving it. And then they don't hear from you for three weeks or three months, whatever the case may be. I've done that. I can't even tell you how many times. So if that is you, this isn't to shame you or to blame you. It's because I, that's me. That is who I am. So here's how you counteract that. Here's what you need to do to fix it is number one, do some kind of heartfelt content, whether it's your blog or your video that just says, you know what? Hey, I dropped off the grid and here's why, but I miss you and I want to come back and here's what's been going on. So people appreciate that. We all have busy lives. It can get stressful, but you don't want to ghost on everybody because it, it really will harm your business. So number one, come back, let them know, here's what I've been doing. Here's what's been going on. And then number two, figure out a way that you can be consistent. For me, it was creating short, very short pieces of very, very short pieces of content. Because as much as I love writing, it can feel stressful to feel like I have to sit down and hammer out a ton of long content blogs and you know, this kind of stuff. So I implemented a couple pieces of very, very short content, I can sit down, I can write them out three months at a time. They are literally one or two sentences, we snap them into a meme and out they go. So I turn those over to the team. I can write it three months ahead of time and and then I'm good. So whatever works for you is going to work for you. Just make sure that you find what works for you. It should actually bring you some joy and then commit to that. Okay, that's a great point, Jane. So let's next talk about repurposing content so that we're not constantly creating. And one of the ways that we do it with a podcast is we actually create a transcript. So we have that transcript that we can use then to rework a little bit, and then we can put it onto our blog. There's a ton of ways that we can repurpose our content in that manner. What are some of the ideas that you have, Jane? Yeah, repurposing is an old copywriter's trick, and it is just the bomb, for lack of a more professional term. So every single thing that you can, every single thing that you create, you can and should make it so that it fits into several different pockets. So what do I mean by that? If you write a blog, that can also be an email. You can break the blog up so that there are many posts on social media. You can take sentences, a one or two sentence from that blog, turn it into a meme. So anything that you can create, you want it to be able to serve four to five different purposes. Video, same thing. If you do a video, pull one or two sentences out, 
make it a meme, make it a post on social media that's an engaging question, turn it into a blog, turn it into an email, turn it into a little mini paragraph. So whether you're writing or speaking or filming content, remember, it can cross all mediums. And so that's what you want to do. Sometimes you will need to elongate the piece so that it fits into a particular medium. An example of that would be you come up with a great meme and it's two sentences. Well, that's not a blog, nor is that really an email, but you can now write, you know, 500 words, which is about half a page. That's no big deal. You can write a a short article off of that meme. So that's the elongation of your content. On the flip side, you might need to make it more concise. So if you have the same half page of the blog and you wrote that first, then you can clip one or two sentences out of it. Now it's a, it's a tweet out. It's a social media post. It's a meme. You can also go in and make it a three-minute video. So every single thing that you're creating, you just want to think, how can I get this out across all the mediums? How is it in print? How is it coming out of my voice? How is it a video? How is it an audio? How are they reading it? How are they seeing it? How are they hearing it? Okay, the next point that we talked about was how to monetize our content. So I'm going to let Jane take it away. Yeah, monetization. This is where it gets really fun. How do you monetize your content? Now, some of the things that we're going to talk about are for a business that's a little more advanced. So if you hear anything and you think, I don't know what that is, or I don't know how to do that, don't panic. Number one, you can find information on how to do that. We will share some of that with you. And number two, you may not need to do any of that right now. So simple is better, especially in the beginning when you're when you're building your business of financial sustainability. So here we go. How do you monetize content? Number one, a lead magnet. So a lead magnet is anything that you put out where you are going to provide people with valuable information in exchange for their contact information, could be their email address, joining a Facebook group, whatever. So you can monetize a your content through a lead magnet. Most in most instances, people don't pay for a lead magnet. It is it's a freebie. However, the monetization comes after because now they are in your community, you can continue to nurture them and those people may eventually become clients. So that's the first way. Second way that you can monetize content is an ebook. Take your blogs, take your articles, take your postings that you've been doing and just snap it into one kind of like one folder, if you will. Everything goes into one file folder. I'm using that a little metaphorically, but if you've been sending emails out once a week for 52 weeks, well, guess what? You've got 52 little things there. So compile everything, and now it has just become an ebook. You can sell that pennies on the dollar. People love buying stuff for a buck, you know, 99 cents, 199. But it's a quick way to monetize. You're not going to get rich off of it, but your goal here is to continue to nurture your community and to just show your credibility and continue to get visibility. You can also create an actual physical copy of a book. And again, I recommend that for later. I will give you a word of caution. A lot of business owners go, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to sell the book and I'm going to make money. And it's not really how it works. So if you're attempting to write a book book, like a physical book, and you have visions of hitting the New York Times bestseller list and going on the talk shows, I don't want to squash your dreams. I want to support everybody in their dreams. I would say just put that off for a little bit. Books are not money-making opportunities, really, unless you're already kind of famous. What they are great for is they can be giant calling cards or giant business cards for distribution so that you grow your community and you continue to get credibility and visibility. So 10 years, it's actually 11 years in this space, I have seen so many people become frustrated and heartbroken and very discouraged because somewhere along the line, 
they got in their head that they were going to write a book and the book was the thing that was going to make them money. That actually becomes a reality for very, very few people. And again, it's not to, not to stomp on anybody's dreams. It's still one of my aspirations and I've been at it for a long time and it's, it, I could turn a book out tomorrow. I'm still going to not going to make me any money. I might be able to get a coffee off of it, but that's about it. So managing expectations around monetization is always kind of a key thing. Another way is to add content that you create. Of course, you're reworking it a little bit, but you could add it to a membership site, which is something that you would charge usually monthly for. You could add ads, advertisements to your blog if it happens to be a blog post. A word of kind of or a caveat here is you have to have a lot of visitors to your website in order to really make any money from that. So there are some great ways for you to monetize your content. All right. Something else that I think we really should touch upon, Jane, is topic matter sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And something, I mean, you really have to keep your readers in mind when you're creating your content. And I'm not talking about, you know, go out and talk about sex or religion or politics, unless that fits in with your brand and your personality. Otherwise, I would kind of stay away from those topics. But at the same time, don't be afraid to be polarizing or even pleasantly controversial. It'll often really draw your tribe in. And at the same time, it'll actually repel those people that you don't want to attract to you, that you don't want to work with. So I think that's really important. It's thinking about your topic sensitivity, right? Yeah. You want to, two words always come to my mind when I think about content in the big picture, relevancy and sensitivity. So mm-hmm. you want to write things that are relevant. What are hot topics in the moment? What are, what's getting people riled up again? Be mindful of what your brand is. I am, I am only polarizing when it comes to specifically talking about sales and methodologies of sales training. Other than that, <laughs> and I've got, I've had plenty of my colleagues kind of push back on me for this, but I'm pretty vanilla. But that's me. I, I'm not, I'm not interested in getting people all jacked up. It's it, it, unless it's in the area of sales, and then I'll get a little controversial. So just be mindful of who you are and the brand that you have and how you want to support that and how you want to be known. So relevancy and sensitivity. Relevancy is just talk about the things that matter, that matter to people. Some are timeless. You know, people are always going to want to know about how to relate to other people, how to make more money, how to live the life of their dreams, uh, struggles, you know, so some topics are always going to be relevant. And then you can pull from current times and current happenings for further relevancy. Again, just be mindful of what it is that you're wanting to discuss how you're wanting to show up and support your brand. And if you want or desire some kind of pushback, be very, very intentional. If you don't desire some kind of pushback, then you're going to want to steer clear of those. So that would be my brand. My brand is all about people having fun, people living a life that feels larger than they ever thought they were going to live. I want people to be happy. I want people laughing. So I really don't write a lot of things that would be controversial or button pressing, let's call them. My, my, my content is really more about future pacing, looking forward, and kind of living your best life, for lack of a better term. I have a colleague who's a really, really good friend. I should say I have a really good friend who's also a colleague. She is majorly controversial, and it totally works for her, and she owns it. I always say to her, I don't have the guts to have that kind of hatred coming my way. So just figure <laughs> out who you are 
what you're willing to put up with, what doesn't bother you, what's important enough to have it bother you. Because I, I do have some topics that I'll go like, you know, I'm going into this here. And if I get pushback, I get pushback. So just be very intentional and be very mindful of what you're writing in terms of relevancy and sensitivity. Yeah. And is it consistent or does it really mesh with your personality and your brand? Really right. keep that in mind. Yeah. Cause if you're kind of, if you're, you know, so again, using me as the example, it's the closest one I have. If I'm kind of bouncing along and it's about people feeling good and reaching for the stars and watching sunsets and full moons and, you know, all this kind of groovy, cool stuff. If I come out of left field and I kind of have a snarky tone about something that's a current trend, it's very jarring. And it's going to be the same on the other side. If you're, if you're like a hard hitter and this is what you do and you're controversial and people controversial and people just know it. And all of a sudden you're kind of writing about dogs and ponies and, and, you know, fluffy unicorns or whatever. It's off brand. They're not, it's confusing to your client. So just make sure. Yeah. They'll say, huh? (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on here? Uh, Okay. Now. I'm kind of excited about this because I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. We promised that you were going to give some writing tricks. Yeah, writing tricks. So number one, repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. This is all about ease and simplicity for creating content. Create something one time and use it multiple times across multiple mediums. Number one. Number two this is, it's not a, it's, I was going to say it's a secret in the copywriting world, but it's actually not a secret. So this is all about the legitimacy of being inspired and borrowing thoughts and even sometimes words from other writers. Do not plagiarize. You cannot copy and paste. Don't do that. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if you read an article and it is about, oh, I don't know, top five ways to enjoy your weekends more. You can absolutely be inspired by ways to enjoy your weekend more, which means you can now go and write an article or do a piece of content that talks about ways to enjoy your weekend more. You just need to switch it up so you're not using the same exact language, but there's no copyright on an idea. How true, Jane. We call that a swipe file or that's something that I call a swipe file. I have a folder in my email I use Outlook, so I use subfolders. And if there's a really cool topic that somebody's talked about, I slide it into my swipe file so that I can refer back to it later. And it just gives me ideas for topics to talk about. I'm, yes, I read their, yeah, I read their email and I get their point of view. And sometimes I'll even mention their name in it when I'm writing about it too, you know, they have thoughts of this, but that triggered me to think of this. So I love swipe files. Yeah, swipe file. That's what it's actually called in the copywriting industry. One point on the swipe file, because I just want to continue to hammer this home because I have seen people intentionally plagiarize. I don't know why they're doing that. Don't do that. But I've also Uh seen plenty of people unintentionally plagiarize. So here's what you need to do. You need to reframe, reword and rewrite. Let me give you a very simple example. The bear walked through the woods. You're going to change it to the bear meandered through the forest. Same thing, but different language. So you can use ideas. You can use language in a very loose sense, but you have got to make sure that you reframe and you rewrite it so that it, it is never going to be an exact replica of what somebody else just wrote. So paraphrasing. And not, you know, you don't do that bear through the forest thing through the whole 
content either. Right. right. <laughs> um, that's plagiarism. <laughs> but yes, you do paraphrase and rework and put into your own voice. Right. Super. So those are your tips, Jane? Yeah, I think, you know, and the only other tip I would say is, is don't be afraid to be who you are. Mm. Don't be afraid to be who you are. I know I personally have gone through this and I know in coaching clients, I've also seen them go through this. There's something inherent in most of us that says we're either too much or not enough. And sometimes it's both. So you're not too much and you're not, not enough. So whatever it is that you've got on your heart, feel free to share it. Again, let's follow some kind of common sense guidelines. Don't overshare. Don't, you know, don't, don't do anything that's going to make you feel uncomfortable in a week when you go back and read it. So you don't need to overshare. But be who you are. Give people a glimpse into who, who you really are at your core. What is the heart and soul of you? So feel free to share that because you would be surprised at the connection that will actually arise from that. Yeah, and it'll draw your tribe in. Absolutely. The people that you most want to work with, that's, it's your personality is going to draw them in. So I learned that lesson and I really took it to heart. But I think in order to wrap up this episode, the thing that I stress, and I know Jane, you, you feel the same way. It's that consistency. If it's going to be, you're going to check in with people weekly, however, or whatever method you choose, or it could be monthly, just be consistent with it. Do something that people can count on and look forward to so that you're building those relationships and really creating those followers that really resonate with you, your brand, and your personality. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So thanks again for listening. We will check in with you next week. We hope you have a great one. See you next time, everybody. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week on the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. Be sure to visit our website at flourish.biz. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H dot biz, where you can subscribe to the shows in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. You can also find our show notes and resources there too. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, We'd love for you to leave a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would sure help us out too. Now, get out there and flourish.